0: My name is monica gleberman and you're listening to silence on set podcast on today's podcast we're talking to the star of sports night and west wing Joshua Molina, who also starred on Shonda Rhimes' Scandal and Inventing Anna, while simultaneously juggling arcs on The Big Bang Theory and Shameless. He has since transitioned back to his theatrical roots in such productions as Old Globes Theaters, What We Talk About, When We Talk About, and Frank, and has a new Broadway show that opened in October to rave reviews and was named Best of the Year in lists by outlets including the New York Times, Los Angeles Times, and the Wall Street Journal. So to talk about Joshua, his first performance in his play which was on march 14th in Leopoldstadt. here is joshua molina so i want to thank you for coming on and talking to me like i said i'm a huge fan of yours thank you um so i want to start off really quickly obviously i know that you're in a play and you've kind of jumped around you do so many projects at the same time but i wanted to ask you i found it very interesting just to start off that you did multiple shows at the same time running back and forth. So you had, I think I wrote in my notes, something like you were doing Scandal, inventing Anna, Big Bang Theory, Shameless, kind of running <laughs> back and forth, transitioning.
1: Well, there was some overlap among those. I'm trying to think I did some Big Bang Theory during Scandal. Basically when you're on a when you're regular on a series, there's only so much time you have really to devote to something else. So I really did the bulk of my episodes of Big Bang Theory after Scandal, as is the same with Shameless, although Shameless and Big Bang Theory overlapped. I mean, that's one of the enjoyable things about being an actor is being able to uh, uh, switch disguises uh, frequently and swiftly.
0: Do you find that difficult to kind of jump from thing to thing, or do you... As an actor, is that something that is enjoyable to you? To be able to play one character one day and the next day you're playing a completely different character.
1: Fantastic. I love it. It's one of the great delights of being an actor is uh, getting to not be yourself for a while, (laughs) which can be really enjoyable um, and I savor. And uh, yeah, getting to play a multitude of other characters is just part of the fun of it. I I was just saying to somebody recently, um, oh, I think somebody from camp, somebody I went to camp with who was in Camp Leopoldstadt on Broadway and I said, yeah, I was sitting backstage thinking about you out there and how I'm still doing what we used to do at age twelve. Like I've developed zero, not at all. I still enjoy doing what I did before I was even a teenager. It's
0: That's just it's a lot of fun. And I you know, I find so much um kind of like happiness in that, because I don't think all actors feel that way. You know, I think, you know, over time, and this kind of goes for everybody with their jobs, but over time, I think sometimes it's just not for you. You get kind of run down, but when an actor's like super excited and this is like what they live for, and then you get to do a million different things, it must be just so thrilling to be like, I'm an actor. Like, I am all- yeah. Sex.
1: I try never to feel jaded. I'm sure there are times when I'm not working and I feel cynical about the business, and how tough it is. Um, But when I am working, I try to savor every moment. I was having this conversation. I have a dressing room mate backstage at the Long Acre Theater, Aaron Neal, was a fantastic actor. And while I've done 16 performances of Leopold he's done uh, a couple hundred plus. Um, He's been in it since London. And one of the things he was saying is he still walks to the theater every day and he can't believe he gets to do this play again. Like he has the best He's a wonderful actor, and he has just that exuberance about acting that I really appreciate and try to emulate.
0: That's so see like I love that. It's so nice because it's not it's not common all the time, and sometimes it's not common in my interviews. <laughs> I, <laughs> you can tell <laughs> you can tell when people aren't as excited.
1: And when I'm filming something, every time I walk on the set, like I can't believe how cool it looks. And like, oh, they're going to make it rain, and I still have that sort of kid's uh, wonder at the business that I'm in.
0: That's, that's amazing. And do you find like, you know, obviously I, you're in a, a play which I really want to talk about because I think it's very important. But um, in terms of television, I know this question gets asked all the time and it's probably super difficult to answer. But in terms of TV versus theater, because I know like there's a heart in both and I completely understand because as a viewer, I have a special spot for both. So I know people ask this to actors all the time, but do you prefer one or the other? Or is one easier to you than the other? Like, how does that process work when you're kind of deciding, I'm going to do a TV show next, or I'm going to do theater next?
1: That's really a great question. And I, uh, without uh, disparaging TV or film work, (laughs) uh, for me, it's more exciting to be in a play. It is more challenging. I find it more difficult. Um, It's also just different. There are certain challenges of film work that are uh, different from theater as well. but also as an audience member, like I love going to the theater. To me, it's supremely exciting to be uh, with a live audience, seeing a live performance. And uh, so I, I would get to give a tip to theater. That being said, I've learned that it's a lot easier to make a living <laughs> in film and television um, where uh, the pay is a lot better. And really I stopped doing theater for a long time. One, because after doing my initial uh, play A Few Good Men, which was my first professional job as an actor and just a dream come true, I couldn't get a second play. like I just wasn't getting more work. And so I moved to Los Angeles where there was more work and most of it was um, TV work, although I did productions in small theaters in Los Angeles. Um, And then sort of the reality of being a dad and a husband and somebody who needed to earn money sort of took over, uh, took priority over what I might have enjoyed doing more and just the realities of having to make a living and I became a TV actor for about 30 years and then this past summer I just did a play again like my kids are old enough when they were young doing a play to me meant daddy's at work every time you go to bed and that just didn't seem like something I wanted to do or the dad I wanted to be um now that my kids are 25 and 21 um they don't need me at bedtime
0: yeah um yeah they're probably like oh go to work it's fine dad <laughs>
1: yeah they're okay with my being uh, away at bedtime
0: um, so I, and again, like I find it just so interesting. So, and I wanted to ask you too, like, I feel like this isn't talked about that much, but in terms of the pay disparity, yeah. because I love theater and I, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's almost like when they say like, there's nothing like going to the movie theater, right? It's not the same as kind of like watching it at home. And I know kind of people might argue one way or the other, but for me personally, it's not the same an experience when you go to the movie theater. You get an experience unlike anything when you go to the theater. You know, like I walk in, I feel like I'm a child. Like when I walk in and and I'm going to see something.
1: Couldn't agree more. I get, I get, if it's a musical, I start to get like tingles during the overture. I Sometimes I well up. There's just something magical about uh, being at the theater. Yeah, I find it an emotional experience even before the thing really starts.
0: That's that's exactly how I am. I remember I was going to see, um, like years ago, I went to see um, Mary Poppins. And when I walked in and I sat like in the front, I did one of those like last minute tickets and I got to go in the front row and literally it started. And I mean, I mean like now I'm 36, but I was in my like late twenties and I almost started like crying, like when it first started, cause it's just like- I'm in my late
1: fifties and I have the same thing uh, experience (laughs) when I go to the theater.
0: But why do you think it is like, and this is what frustrates me. And I don't know if you have the answer for this necessarily, but why do you think it is that theater is an art form that doesn't get the equal kind of pay than a movie or a television show. I mean, I know there's studios behind it and things like that, and that's why, and advertisements, and that's probably why they get more money, but why do you think it's such a disparity? Because for me, yeah. I, I feel like if there was more money for theater, we would have so many more opportunities, and so many more things to see.
1: I agree. I don't really understand... Uh, well, I don't really understand anything. I've increasingly grown to learn as I get older, but I, I'm no expert certainly on the economics of the theater industry, nor the economics of uh, the television industry. Um, I do know that there's something wrong with uh, the theater situation where it's practitioners, actors are having tr- struggling. struggling, uh, many actors are working and struggling to make a living. And then you look at the ticket prices and it doesn't look like uh, something the average person can even afford unless you wait online at TKTS or you get in the lottery or this or that. Um, uh, Theater tickets can be monstrously expensive. So I don't know the economics and there are people in my cast that are uh, involved in equity in the union and trying to get better pay for actors and they'd be more interesting to talk to on the issue. But I know that something's wrong. Something is broken both in, I think, the way we as a, Country maybe fail to support theater as much as we might. Um, uh, audiences maybe don't support it as much as they might, but I think part of that is also uh, <clears throat> the expense of a ticket and, and greater access for people to theater and to Broadway shows and off-Broadway and regional uh, would, be, would be very good. We should be doing more, I think, to cultivate uh, our future theater audiences among our, our young people.
0: Yeah. I I definitely agree with you. I I do think the price point and it's, you know, if you're not in the industry, if you're not a journalist like me, if you're just someone that's buying a ticket, you just assume you're like, okay, it's $400 or $300, whatever the case is that these actors are making all this money. And I don't think people are aware, like, whatever whatever the circumstances are, the cost of the theater, the cost to run, whatever where that money goes we I mean we don't know, but it not necessarily goes into the pocket of the actor, and I think a lot of people have this misnomer, like, oh, they're on a number one Broadway show, they're making all of this no. money. It's not necessarily nope. the case, so, not
1: necessarily at all,
0: and that's what I find so interesting and. In, Um, odd, and again, I don't know the reason either. Like, I'm not sure why, but I'm glad that there are people that are working and at least standing up for it because I don't want theater to ever not be around. And I feel like there needs to be people fighting and talking to the union, trying to work out a way to fix that. Yeah, Yeah. It, it
1: shouldn't be as difficult as it seems to be to make a living as a theater actor.
0: Yeah, um, well, really quickly before I get into it, I have to, if I don't mention it, have to mention. David Rossen, of course, oh, for, sure. to flip back to TV. So for Scandal, did you realize that David Rossen was going to be, first of all, did you realize, I, and I know, again, these are questions that people probably asked you, but did you realize that Scandal was going to be as big as it was and that people were going to love David Rossen as much as they did?
1: I certainly didn't know, <clears throat> excuse me, how big it would be. I knew I was signing on to a Shonda Rhimes. Uh, he is the creator of the kind of entertainment and television that people love. So I knew there was a huge potential upside. I was, I've been on, I've been, she had cast me in episodes of Private Practice and Grey's Anatomy. And so I had already a little taste of being part of Shondaland and how fabulous that is. Uh, she's a great boss and her, she makes hits. So I was hopeful. That being said, the first season really didn't catch on the way we all hoped. And it ended up being a thing that really took off, I think around the second season where with the cast committed to live tweeting the show and uh, adding that element to uh, for the audience who were watching live. Um, but no, I had certainly secret hopes that that would happen, but I was still amazed at what it actually turned into. And I, also, I didn't even really know what I had signed on for. I thought it was kind of going to be more of a procedural by the second, third, fourth scripts that were so out there in terms of character and plot. And all of a sudden, Uh, Katie Lowe's character, who's like the new person at the firm is torturing people. I was like, wait a minute, what is this? Uh, And so it was a delight to go on like such a wild ride that Shonda and the writers came up with. So yeah, every step along the way, there were surprises about Scandal and they were all delightful surprises. And it's the longest I've never had. I've never had steady employment for seven years. I mean, that seems like something uh, uh, you could only just wish for. It's like winning the lottery.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's just so funny because I look at Scandal in a way very similar to theater and the fact that all of these characters change so significantly, like you just don't really know. I feel like <laughs> with Chad arrives Shows, specifically Scandal though, after like the first season, I was like, I know nothing. Like, <laughs> I thought I knew this, I thought I knew that, I know nothing. So it was like every season, I was just kind of like learning what was happening with these characters and David and changed it like, you know, multiple times. Like kind of like his thoughts, his opinions, his connection to the group. So all I, all I know though is while I was watching it, the one singular thing that stayed the same was like, please just don't kill David. Like <laughs> that was I like appreciate
1: that.
0: Was like, please just don't that. kill him because I just loved you on it. But did you get like a theater kind of vibe in that way that because her storylines change so drastically that I feel like it gives actors this freedom to play such drastically different character that's a
1: that's a very actually well observed point because i think in television in an attempt to get an audience that uh, that will stick with a show for years and years and years some writer creators avoid a lot of character development like if you already like the way the way he is now i'm going to give you a hundred episodes of him like that and like there will be little arcs within an episode but not major changes or huge uh, developments. And Shonda, uh, I just has a confidence, and uh, she doesn't care about that, and she's just gonna. Write what she wants to write, and have her writers take the characters all over the place. So certainly, as an actor, that was a lot of fun. It did feel like a little bit like a theater company. Um, a lot of the actors on Scandal um, have been involved in theater and come from that background, so that was nice. It's fun to have great, juicy, meaty dialogue and occasional little long speeches that you don't get in in most TV, but Shonda goes for it all the time. Um, and and just also the story. I remember two things I used to be concerned about. One, like you said. I would be concerned that she was going to kill me off because I was like, all right, now this thing is just a great job, a rollicking hit, and it, but it could end any episode <laughs> because I've learned that she's not afraid to kill off her characters. <laughs> and so I would actually look at the, when we sit down at the table read, we'd get the script for the first time and I would always flip to the end, and just look for Rosen and see, like, am I alive? Oh, I seem to be alive. I'm like, now I can relax, enjoy this next script. Um, and then the other thing I was concerned about is there's so much would happen in every episode i would read an episode and i'd be like this could have happened over the course of seven episodes like she's gonna run out of story to tell um but that was uh that was uh something i should not have been worried about because shonda never runs out of story to tell she is a like creative factory and story maker
0: well yeah i had to bring it up because i just love it so much and i do find such a parallel between that and theater so um, but I loved that character. You were so great. I appreciate
1: it. Thank you. It was uh it was so much fun. I mean, one of the great jobs.
0: Oh, I just I loved it I missed David.
1: <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. I miss I'm, playing him. Yeah, Sometimes I, I walk around on the street and just say, I'm the Attorney General of the United States because I haven't <laughs> had a chance to say it in a while.
0: I I miss him. Yeah, you should. You should walk around with pride with that.
1: Just tell people. I used yeah. to be the Attorney General of the United, United States.
0: When when things were calm. <laughs> yeah. To me i kept things calm but i also wrote down too like and in my notes and again i've watched so many of the things that you have done but i mean you did Wet Hot american summer 10 years later big bang theory good doctor perfect harmony fbi most wanted this is us which i like again i know you were like a car crash victim in it, but i have a, a, a very kingship to this is us because I, I was on set a lot for there
1: well that's one of the reasons i did it <clears throat> excuse me some people have asked me like why did you do that part like you know it you didn't even have a name you were a car crash victim and you were in two scenes mainly being a car crash victim and I'm like I don't have that uh, I don't have a precious approach to my career where I wonder whether is a role good enough for me or meaty enough for me my friend Kevin Falls uh was uh I guess an executive producer of the, that show I was a fan of it as was my family he said we got a little thing for you if you want to do it I was like I'll do it.
0: Yeah, why I not? I
1: need to read the script. I'd be delighted to do it. So, so you know, that's why you can find me on iCarly. <laughs> that's why you can find me playing car crash victim. I like to work. And uh, though I certainly, over the course of my 30-plus year career, have occasionally turned down a role, uh, most of the time, if you offer me a job, I'm going to take it. I'd like, I'd rather be at work.
0: I know. And, like, I, well, that's what I love. And the thing is that all the stuff that I mentioned, like, and I was still getting. I mean, it's so many things. Shameless and Vendiana, the rookie. I mean, these were all big. It's not even like these are like little shows. And even this is us. I would have done it too. Like a small role. It was a number one show when it was out. I mean, so you're like hitting all of these major shows. Like I also. One.
1: I want to say you mentioned the show Shameless. I myself am Shameless. And here's uh, the way I got the rookie was I'm gonna name drop a little bit. Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman is a friend of mine and she sent some email to a huge group of her friends. Um I can't even remember what it was about, about a good cause or something she wanted us, but she instead of BCCing it, you could see all the names and the emails. And it was a very high-powered list. I don't want to be super name-drappy, but people like are- Will Ferrell, and all these famous comedians and actors were on it. She probably would rather I don't mention names, so I won't. And so she quickly followed it up and said, please don't anybody abuse the fact that I made this mistake. So being a friend of hers, I just immediately replied all and wrote, I need work.
0: <laughs> that was your answer? You really did reply all and just wrote, I need work.
1: I, I wrote to everybody. to this incredibly oh high-powered list that I didn't even really belong on myself. Uh, I and i just that. wrote i i need work and then she wrote back like oh, you i knew i knew you were going to be the one who did it but then i got an email from nathan fillion whom i know a little bit and star of the rookie and many things and of whom i'm a fan and he said hey if you need work uh, i might be able to get you an episode of the rookie and i was like
0: oh yeah and, so,
1: and then i did it and then i wrote back to sarah and i said i was only kidding but I actually just got a job out of that.
0: I love that because I feel like as journalists, we do that too. Every now and then someone will send out an email and they'll forget to do that. And I always go, is it bad if I email? Like, you yeah. know, they're on the well, BC thing. I'm like, mm. and I'm i knew
1: exp- I knew explicitly that it was bad because she sent an email to everyone saying, please don't abuse the mistake I just made. But I felt that I knew her uh, and I know her well enough to uh, abuse the mistake that you made.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I think it's more of being persistent for something you love because whenever that happens on like a journalism type of thing or if it's like a press like you know a press junket or something and they forget to bcc like you know everyone we all do it look <laughs> like everyone starts emailing everyone they're like hey so what are you writing about hey what'd you get hey, are you and we all i think it's, it's an
1: enjoyable opportunity when that happens yeah
0: and why not take advantage of it and i feel like it's a group right like you're all in the same tribe we're all trying to make it we're all trying to get work
1: exactly i mean i think probably most of the people on that list were like Who is Josh Molina and why did he write this to me? And I may have been blocked now by uh, many, many celebrities.
0: (laughs) I disagree. They probably all knew who you were, but I'm glad you get work from it. But I I love like ballsy things like that because I think why not? Like we're all in the same boat, right? And the
1: sweetest thing is it wasn't untrue. I did need work. I always need work if I'm not working. But it was actually very sweet of Nathan to say, hey, I I think I can get you some work. (laughs) He actually came through. Like It is so rare in Hollywood. It's not rare for someone to say, I think I can help you. It's rare for someone to actually follow through on that. And like, he did. He got me a job. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I I love, I just like love that. And I can tell like, just like how you're talking. Like I could just see, like, if I saw that come through mine, I'd be like, oh, I got to give him something if I have something. Cause you're just that oh. kind of person like, oh, I, was, like nice. I, I gotta true. give him something if i have it so that's that's really nice that he reached out and again because the rookie is a huge show and that's why like when i was looking through i'm like oh my gosh like even if it was one episode two episodes i mean for the uh, thrilling adventure hour you were in eight episodes like i i was going oh my gosh like these are all big huge things so how do you make your choices i know you said like you don't really necessarily say maybe no. i go
1: <laughs> yes where do i have to be at what time on what day um, Is it just yeah? I mean,
0: that these come well, to you? Now?
1: Yes, I think so. I think largely, I would say, you know, if I'm talking to a young actor, and if I am going to be honest, luck plays a huge role in uh, pursuing something as tenuous as an acting career. I have been beyond lucky, starting with my friendship with Aaron Sorkin. Like, if I had not been friends with him prior to a few Good Men, prior to the big break he gave me in Sports Night, and prior to the roles he's given me in film I, I i probably wouldn't be talking to you now like maybe the biggest factor in my career um is good fortune um so yeah it just it, i i think you're being dishonest if you think that uh if you maintain that luck isn't an aspect of of a, a career in the arts um and i have been yeah i've been very lucky because i tend to i'm not in that vaulted vaunted i should say uh level of acting where i'm picking and choosing my projects and generating them and i created this series for myself i'm like i would love to get to that stage someday at 57 maybe it's not in the cards for me um so most of what happens is i get offered things or i audition and there's interest and then and i usually say yes i don't have you know i've been very lucky in terms of what has been offered to me when i when i look at my career there have been plenty of times when I've done material that I didn't love. And that's just sort of also an aspect of being an actor where like, you know, it's the rare person, I, you know, I'm not Tom Hanks with a script of thing, you know, a pile of scripts that have been offered to me. You take the best writing and the best role. Um, I, I, I like to work, so I, take, I tend to take what I get. But the ratio of good stuff to bad that I've been offered is just remarkably fortunate.
0: Yeah, and it's so funny, because the one thing that I find that's the most common denominator of all the actors I've interviewed over the past 20 plus years is that everyone downplays themselves as an actor. (laughs) And they always go, oh, like," and I do agree. I do think it's luck. I think with a lot of things in life, a lot of percentage, a majority of it is luck. But I do think luck gets you in the door, but it might not get you past the audition, right? It might not get you onto the show. So it's still means you have to be a good actor and you're a good actor so i mean
1: i appreciate that yeah i don't coming to you i i like to take a shot at myself before someone else has the opportunity so that's part of how i'm built but also uh i'm also just i try to be honest i have lots of friends who are as talented or more talented than i am and many of them most of them all of them haven't had the good fortune that i've had so i know lots of people have had a harder time in the industry that i just literally think like you're more versatile than I am, or you're able to do things that I'm not, but i've gotten some opportunities that you haven't and that's I find that heartbreaking for other people. I do have a confidence I do think i'm good i wouldn't almost sit here and be like i'm so terrible, but I managed to have a career like I, I do agree with you once uh i, I you know i i don't think I would have worked for Aaron over the course of as many years as I have if he didn't like what I was doing um, so I do have a confidence and uh, I think you have to have some confidence and belief in yourself but i'm also just realistic about uh what the the amount of good fortune that has come my way.
0: Well, you're a humble and a really good guy. <laughs> That's a bit. <what>
1: that <laughs> Thank you.
0: But I mean the projects have been amazing and you've been amazing in all of them. I mean, I've never really watched you and been like, "Ooh, that was a bit." Cuz you know, that- I
1: appreciate <laughs> that, but I guess is you could do a deep dive and find some <sighs> moments.
0: No, I love everything you do. So, I just you I love everything you do. But let's talk about the play now. So, obviously this is very recent right like you know you kind of have stepped into a like a brand new role in a in a play that someone else i think was playing first and David
1: Crumholtz were- was uh, the original <clears throat> excuse me on Broadway played the role of Hermann Merz the wealthy Viennese textile factory owner in turn of the century uh, Vienna Austria and was wonderful and I saw him in the play I think five times and uh, I'm sure stole everything I could from his fantastic performance before I then attempted to make the role mine but yeah he left uh March 12th and March 14th, they took over the role.
0: So can you talk to me a little bit for people that might not know about the play? I mean, the play was named like one of the best of the year or was like on the best Yeah, by the New York time, Times, that's October. true. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. So what is this play about? And I've seen some clips and stuff, like I want to come and see it so bad. But I've Please seen do. Some, some clips. I mean, it's funny. I think it really is. Hold for right now for some of the things that are going on. And I think the discussions of what I've seen are very important. So can you yeah. talk a little bit about what the I'm play is? I'm glad
1: that you said funny too, because occasionally I think people have a misapprehension. The play is painful and it's powerful and it's emotional and there is great tragedy in it, but there's also great joy and love and celebration and friendship. It's about <clears throat> the fates of a large intermarried, which is to say interfaith, Jewish and non-Jewish family. It starts in 1899 Vienna in Austria and uh v- revisits this family and what happens to them their fortunes over the course of uh almost 60 years it's an amazing piece of writing by tom stoppard <laughs> one of my favorite playwrights <clears throat> and i think arguably uh maybe the greatest living playwright that we've got so this is another piece of like unbelievable good fortune like i end up i wake up in the morning and i always have a moment where I'm like oh i'm i am in this play that wasn't a dream. This is actually reality, and I get to do the play again tonight. Um, it's uh, it's a great, big, sweeping human uh, family drama, and I'm really thrilled and proud to be part of it. And it's playing only through July second, so uh, if you can get yourself to New York to see it, people, please do.
0: I know, because and it looks, and again, I think it's so topical for the climate that we're living in because it's a family that struggles and from what I've seen and I do find it funny like there are a lot of parts that are very funny especially uh, in you know with the I don't want to give anything away that I have seen but I guess like with the I'll say with the Christmas tree like yes. things related to those scenes are very funny I mean so there's yeah. a lot of funny things because it's combining fates or how, how do you combine fates or how do you, you know, be like your father, but also want to be like your mother and like, you know, how do you work all of this out? And there's a lot of discussion and communication, things that we don't see, you know, that we could kind of use today. So I feel like you walk, you must walk out of that theater going, man, like there's so many things to think about because there's so many times. Yeah guys nice cover oh i mean and
1: and <clears throat> um Stopart himself is just a brilliant man and without the play feeling in any way like a history lesson there's a lot of history in it and there are a lot of deep uh, significant ideas and my character Hermann merz is kind of the patriarch of this large family uh is uh, was born a jew has converted to catholicism so that he could uh, be more upwardly mobile in the cultural and artistic world of vienna uh, at the turn of the century and but he still has a deep identity that is jewish and that he struggles with and we watch him and we see that he's mistaking uh how good he thinks jews seem to have it in the um uh, in the society that he's in. And if you know a little history, you have a sense of where things might happen for some of the people in this family. And it's easy to sort of judge a character like Herman for not seeing what was coming. But it's not so easy to live in the moment and see what's coming. I mean, think about what the world has been through in the past four or five, six years. And I think this play about faith and identity and anti-Semitism uh, is, has also universal... Um, um, It has universal appeal because anti-Semitism and racism and homophobia and all kinds of hate are still with us. And we don't really know where the sweep of history is going to take us. And so maybe you look at uh, someone like Hermann and think him a fool because he feels so secure in society. Or maybe you walk out of the theater and say, maybe I feel more secure than I should. Maybe there are things uh, that I should be more concerned about. And and you just walk out maybe with a new uh, consciousness.
0: Well, and that's what I love so much about it because I, like I said, like I, it's topical. There are a lot of these issues going on right now. <laughs> um, But I, like, I find it interesting because it is topical. There's so many things going on that are very relevant and relate to it. Right. But it is a tragedy. And like I said, it is funny, but it is sad that you can't, like, you don't have the foresight. Right. So we're sitting there and we have the foresight of what's to come And just kind of what you said in the past four to five, six years, whatever, we didn't have the sight of what to come. So I feel like you could relate to him because we're in the same position. And I agree with you. I think that you'll walk out going, am I not thinking where the long-term effect of where we are and what's happening? But what I love the most is the constant kind of religious turmoil, like trying to figure out where they should be. and what's Jewish enough and not Jewish enough. And what does this mean in society? And like, and all of those kind of like things, why was it important for you to kind of represent that at a time right now, where I think is critical in terms of faith happening in the world?
1: Well, Patrick Marber, the director, who's fantastic. Uh, told me at one point after I accepted the offer to do the play he said if you hadn't accepted and there was no time I wasn't going to do a Tom Stoppard play I didn't even need to read it I mean I read it I was blown away but if you had just told me Tom Stoppard has written a play and wants to give you a role in it I would have signed on immediately but he said if you said uh that you weren't interested or you didn't think you were up to it or whatever I was going to tell you it's your responsibility to take this part. Um, And I sort of, I get what he means. I mean, I have a deep Jewish identity. I don't struggle in the way that my character uh, Hermann does. Um, And so it's particularly meaningful to me to be doing a play. And again, I think it would be too reductive to call the play a Jewish play or a Holocaust play. It really isn't either of those things. It is a play of universal appeal that is set in Vienna, involves uh, an intermarried family, but exploring Jewish identity or faith identity and familial identity and relationships with family is something that is meaningful to me and it's, it's treated so well and uh, it's explored so beautifully in the play that it was just, a, it's just a, a thrill for me to be part of it. I mean, if you had told me, I, I saw my first Tom Stoppard play, The Real Thing in 1984, way back when, when I was 18 years old and I was blown away by his writing. Um, And if you had told the 18-year-old me, like, 40, essentially 40 years from now, you're going to appear in a play by this playwright that has 38 actors and that explores what it means uh, to be a Jew and what the identity and connection to your faith and to your ancestors and to your family is, I would have been like, that's probably not going to happen. So I mean, on a very real level, this is a dream job that I'm living.
0: Yeah, and to me, it's... um it's important to me personally as well. And also I think in terms of it's, there's nothing else like it that's happening right now. And I think um, the last one that I could really compare it to in a, in a sense of where it's like family and not really necessarily maybe turmoil in terms of faith, but in terms of family conversations, different ideals, things like that would be like Fiddler on the Roof, which is like the mm-hmm. one that I kind of compared to the most in terms of what the family kind of goes through. And and again, I agree that it's, I would not peg it as like a Jewish thing, you know, play to go to, but it's a play that deals with, like you said, multiple faiths, family, and very specific about this family and the different ideals that they have and the different stances and everyone kind of stands in a different position and how do they work it out, you know? And that's what I find so interesting.
1: And amazingly, in addition to Fiddler, I would mention another play that is brand new and that. It's like a crazy coincidence, but the play I did prior to this was this past summer. And that was the first play I had done in about 30 years. And that's a play called What We Talk About When We Talk About Anne Frank by Nathan Englander. Mm -hmm. who's also one of my favorite writers. Uh, I I knew him as a novelist. I didn't, I'm not sure I knew that he wrote plays. And then before the pandemic, I got offered, I got sent this script for a play that he had written based on his short story of the same name, uh, that collection was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize like he's a major major writer and I was thrilled to read something by him that might have a role for me and then I read that and it has shared some real DNA it's very different tonally it's mm-hmm. set uh, contemporary well set in 2019 um, but it's a, obviously a contemporary play it's filled with big laughs, although it also takes on big themes, themes that are very similar to those that Stoppard uh, deals with in *Leopoldstadt*. Themes of Faith and Identity and Family and Friendship. And it's about two Jewish couples that haven't seen each other in 20 years and one's very religious and the other isn't. So amazingly, I've done two plays in the past seven months that are beautiful and universal and played well, as well to a non-Jewish audience as a Jewish audience, but that spoke to me as a Jewish actor very, very deeply. I feel like I'm just uh, astonishingly lucky to have had these two opportunities.
0: By the way, I saw that play. Oh, you did? I cried during that play but i i was i was laughing i mean during I li- there were like a few like you know humorous moments throughout it and i think that <laughs> kind of just summarizes you as a person i think like you're just, like you're funny you're excited but there was so much passion in that play oh,
1: such a great I, piece like, of writing nathan englander so is good. a brilliant writer
0: there was so much passion in it and i just remember when i came to see it um because all of these things are important to me i've clearly i'm jewish so like all of these things i i treasure because it, i think people think like we get shown so much and we don't so no um,
1: our stories are not uh, so not, as no. widely told and and usually if they're told it's it's the same sort of hackneyed kind of cliches about jews these are two substantive looks at what it means to be jewish
0: well i loved it so much because i loved when you find out that they haven't seen each other for so long and then they come together and like how different the two ha- have been over the course of the 20 years and then trying to reconnect and all that stuff but I will say I was extremely like towards the end I was very emotional and I remember just leaving going like I just felt different like I walked out and I, I was just like wow like that just I don't know it's just that's, like it's very hard that's like
1: the ultimate thing to hear as somebody who's involved in a play that anybody would walk out feeling different that's what you know that's that's I feel like that's essentially the bar you just want to affect people and this one feels horrified and this one feels elated and this one's happier and this one's sad but just to feel something and it's it's especially part of something that can do that
0: yeah and I went I went um with a friend that is not Jewish so for people um and that person came out and it was very interesting I came out feeling like a like a bag like a, a emotions, like just fully mixed right and They came out and they were upset. They were upset that they were not aware of certain things and they had learned, they felt like they learned a lot and then they wanted more stuff. And then I was getting asked a lot of questions and, and then some things I didn't know. And I was like, well, I have to look that up too. And like, I don't know, like I'll have to get back to you. And so we both kind of came out different in, in terms of our, our view of it. But we both came out changed by it. And by the way, we still talk about it. Even though it wasn't that long ago, we still talk about it. It was such a good fantastic. Makes
1: my day to hear. And I will tell Nathan Englander that because um, oh, I'm in touch so with good. him just because I love him. He's the sweetest, funniest, smartest guy in the room. Um, but I'm also desperate to do the play again. So I'm hoping that we did it in uh, San Diego. That was the world premiere. I'm hoping I'll get to play that role again in that play because it's a very special piece.
0: Yeah. I love that. And like, and for it to be in New York would be amazing. I think so
1: too. I think it would be a great uh, uh, play for New York.
0: Yeah. I'm based out of New York, but I fly back and forth. So when I was out in California, I was like, I drove the four hours cause I was in LA. So I drove the four hours to come see it, but I was like, I or, Appreciate it. or something like that, but I was like, I have to go see it. So
1: thanks for, thanks for coming.
0: Of course. And congratulations. Cause it was so good. Thank so good. Um, like everything you do, but I just want to do a shout out to that. So if anyone ever sees that, that play around too. Go check it out because I mean it's it's life altering. No matter what you like, what religion you are, in, it it's kind of irrelevant. It's more of just.
1: And it's not about Anne Frank.
0: No, not it's that. Not,
1: not that <laughs> watching something about Anne Frank is bad, or you might. I'm just saying, if you've seen the Diary of Anne Frank, don't think that you're going. What is this part yeah, two? It's not like, like it has...
0: kind of thing that you're. You might be assuming. It's yeah. it's all like a lot of it's new too. A lot of it even like you could be Jewish and walk out and there were some things I didn't even know. So like there's things, it's just, I think it's for everyone, just like this play. And it's something where you're going to walk out and everyone takes something from it, regardless of your background, your faith, you know, whatever the case is. But I'm to come back to this play, which I'm like crossing my fingers, I get in before you guys finish, which I know it even extended because people are so in love with this play, but you've been doing it. So today's the 28th, you start on the 14th. I've so done what, sixteen
1: performances.
0: Crazy. So what has weeks that in. experience been like now that you're two weeks into the play? How do you feel? Um, like how do you feel from like I guess getting the role to like now? Like how has things kind of changed for you?
1: Yeah, getting the role was super exciting. Although I remember uh, for a little while wanting I wasn't allowed to tell people yet because the cast didn't know and they were they were still gonna cast some other roles and so they were like, Don't tell people. I still told them a lot of people anyway, <laughs> but um I remember there was a time when I was thinking, all I want to do is tell people that I have this job and then not have to do it because it's, it seems really challenging and I feel a little intimidated. So there was definitely for a while, I was like, oh, I'm thrilled that I have this job, uh, but I'm scared to do it. Uh, then I started just committing myself to learning the material because Patrick Marber, again, director was saying, I would take a look at the big speeches, okay? see if you could get the big speeches down. And I said, Patrick, I'm going to show up on day one of rehearsal and I will have the entire play down. I'm telling you that because I think it's the only way I can play this role. Like I have to be utterly prepared so that I can start working the acting and not be worried uh, the first two weeks of three weeks of rehearsal about whether I know the lines. Um, So then I just threw myself into really preparing on my own. Uh, Flew to New York, started rehearsals. First week I thought, wow, I'm way ahead of the game. Like I do know the entire play. Uh, All of a sudden the second week I was like, oh no, I'm starting soon, and I feel really unprepared and behind. And having seen the play uh, by that point many times, I was like, this past is so good. And I started feeling imposter syndrome, like, do I belong here? How did I get this role? Do I really belong in this ensemble? Um, And then somewhere around the third week, I started feeling like Patrick and uh, the associate director, uh, Deanna Weiner, had helped me so much and prepared me that I felt like I was prepared. Then my first performance, I got the bombshell news that the playwright Tom Stoppard, uh, Sir Tom Stoppard would be at my first performance. And that was just like, no, why my first performance? Uh, I hope he knows that like, it may be, you know, performance 175, of the rest of the cast, but it'll be my first preview. I hope you, he was very lovely. It went well, although it was in the way that all first performances I find are also kind of terrifying and an out of body experience, but I felt it went pretty well. And with each subsequent, and I've only done 16 performances now, but with each subsequent performance, um, I, I feel like I have a greater ownership and settling into the role. And uh, I'm thrilled that I have another 100 plus shots at it. Because that's one of the nice things about theater is um, it's the same material every night, but you find new things and you get something new from an actor in a scene that you hadn't before and you have to react to it. And so it's a constant uh, challenge and learning situation.
0: I know I love it because it's always evolving which is why I always tell people to go see plays more than once because you'll go and like you can hear something and then like you'll go back and it's changed and absolutely like, weird but it's like such an evolving process so it's like the first like if you went in previews and like a lot of journalists go for previews but if you went to like week one and you went on the last week it could almost be like a bunch of relatively different scenes just based off of all of you guys connecting as a, that as is a-
1: absolute that is absolutely true things strengthen and deepen and uh it is interesting to see a play more than once i enjoy that experience
0: and then what is like also working this is a huge cast this is like huge eight 40 people something like that like all together yeah. with a huge age range because there's younger there's so younger- much
1: fun that there are kids then- in this play their kids who are i guess five six seven eight uh and it's so much fun because they're just like amazing, upbeat, positive balls of energy and they're hilarious and they're talented. And uh, there's a moment where um, the play is largely done for most of us while the, uh, the the last three actors are really bringing home the final, important, powerful scene and we're waiting in the wings uh, for a last little um, sort of a little flashback and then uh, the bow, the curtain call. and. Uh, one of the young actors in the cast, her name is Reese. She and I have a, and she has this with other people too, like a separate a particular handshake that we do, and we try to add a little thing to it each performance. So it is so much fun to be around young kids. My kids are 20 and 25, so I'm enjoying the thrill of, uh, I guess I feel like this is what it's like to be a grandpa.
0: I know, and like what is, amazing to me too is that the material is so much material but these younger kids and again like the clips that I've kind of got to see um have these young kids I mean doing full-out scenes being funny being serious so I mean it's a lot to put on someone young so I mean it's such a talented cast like to see somebody that's at such a younger age like hitting it you know what I mean like hitting their marks hitting their notes and like just nailing it with the rest of you that are seasoned and adults and have done this. You know what I mean? Like it's just a really amazing thing to see.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very, very impressed by this cast. And uh, apparently today is World Theater Day. So I'm particularly proud today to be part of the ensemble that is Leopoldstadt.
0: So what is one thing that you would want for someone to, if they came to the play, what is one thing that you'd want them or hope that they would take away from it? Like a lesson learned or something that they could walk away? Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm usually not a lesson learned kind of guy, although I probably have a probably good answer for that for this one. I mean, usually my base thing to say is to feel something that you were presented with characters that you were invested in and to leave the theater and just saying, I felt dot, 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 whatever it is you felt, but I felt, uh, hopefully not bored or tired, <laughs> Like, but I felt something um, based on the play you have just witnessed. Um, but I mean, if I had to say a lesson, I think it would be just to question... Uh, always uh, feelings of complacency and realize that uh, uh, never again, it can happen.
0: Such a good answer. Um, <laughs> I know, and, and it's, it's such a good play. And I know, so it's running, you guys have it pushed back because I think I had a different date initially, but I think in my- Yeah, job. we
1: got extended through July 2nd. Second, right? Eight shows a week, we're only off on Mondays. And uh, yeah, I really encourage people to come out and see it.
0: Which also, we should say that we are not filming this on a Monday, which means that you have a show today. So you're That's t- true. doing a full interview when you have a show that you have to do later today. Well, it's funny,
1: I, I I when I was rehearsing, it was just, I mean, almost all day, every day. It's just a very intense thing to prepare for a role like this in a play like this. And then I thought, oh, when I get to performances, except for matinee days, Wednesday and Saturday, I'll have all day to do fun things and then I'll just roll into the theater at six and uh, get ready to do the play. And then I find that I, most of my days off I spend resting, <laughs> trying to get ready again and get my concentration and my will together to do the play again. Like it's hard not to stay focused on this thing that there's only two hours and change at the end of the night, but it takes a, a tremendous amount of energy and focus. And that's one of the things I enjoy about the challenge of it.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's heavy, so that makes sense. <laughs> you might be like a little <laughs> little tired, and then also yeah, really I've been tired,
1: warned. I've been warned by people and by the director and others in the and people in the play that it just it's it's you know not to like say like oh this is some what a noble thing or difficult thing I'm doing because you know acting is a lot uh, easier of a job than many things I can think of, um, but it is physically and emotionally demanding to, to do this play eight times a week.
0: Yeah, I mean, doing anything eight times a week for two hours, I think, is (laughs) like, I give you guys so much credit because I've seen plays where like, even where it's a monologue kind of situation where an actor comes out and just does a monologue for an hour, they walk out, another actor comes out, does it, and I'm just like, like, my my mouth just drops, I'm like, oh my gosh, and like, not only was it so good, and I walked out and it was amazing, but I'm like, they did, they have to do this again, and then they do it again and again and again, like multiple times throughout the whole week with usually like a day off like one black day or like sometimes you know two if you're lucky but yeah. I mean it's I'm, not, I'm not
1: going to say that I'm overworked when there are days where I work for three hours so I'm not going to make that claim I will no, just but say that I that think it's a it lot of it's a lot of work so. a lot of fun it's a, it's a particular kind of challenge <laughs> and, and, and maybe ultimately it's easier than working in an office for eight hours a day so I don't want to be one of those actresses like you have no idea how difficult it is. I'm, I don't want to be that guy.
0: Well, I could say it for you. I think it's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> <All> I <right>, appreciate <laughs> it.
0: A lot of work, a lot of preparation, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I've seen what it what it looks like. I've been lucky to be able to go behind the scenes and see kind of what it is and be there at the beginning when everyone's practicing and has their scripts out and kind of marking. It's a lot. And then it's constantly changing. And although yeah. that's fun, it's a lot to play off of and move. And then there's an audience and you're only as good as the last play. Like one of my friends that's a that's a um, actor always says that, like we're only as good as the last one. So he's hard on himself. Like if he you know, didn't step in the right spot or didn't do the right thing. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm only as good as the last night. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't know that. Like when we saw it, it still was good. Like, I don't know that you were in the wrong spot. And so it's just things like that, I think that come into people's brains. But um, I think, like I said, you're very humble, sweet. Amazing human being, but I did a shit ton of work. <laughs> that you're <gonna laughs> um, really nice to say. It's heavy material, and um, I give you a lot of credit for doing it, and that you have a hundred plus more shows to go. Which I'm so crazy. excited. But I do I feel excited. jealous
1: of my castmates who have gotten to do it for so much longer.
0: I'm I'm so excited for people to see it. Um, so they can buy tickets. I wrote down. So the website is the Leopold stayed play.com. so i should probably spell yes yeah. it. w- play.com. you could also find it in the description below so you can click on the link and buy tickets please go buy tickets um, there also are
1: ways to get uh more inexpensive or discounted tickets there's a Leopoldstadt lottery if you google that where you can put in for, uh, and they, I don't know how many a day, but for a certain number for performance, uh, cheaper tickets. There are, you can walk up to the box office an hour or two hours before a performance and say, hey, do you have any rush tickets? And you might be able to get a ticket for 30 bucks or something like that. Don't quote me on that. I don't know exactly what it is. <laughs> but, but I mean, there are, there are ways to get around uh, what can be sometimes a prohibitive uh, amount of money to see a play.
0: Yeah. And there's also, like you had mentioned it too, um, the uh, ticket center, which is in New York City. Most people will know what I'm talking about. It's a big red building with a big sign and you can wait there. And a lot of people wait there for tickets last minute and same day sometimes, especially if you're like, if you go alone, it's usually easier. If you go with two people, you don't mind that you're not sitting together. You can- I've done it. I- I've done it too.
1: <laughs> I'll wait online. I waited online in the cold, cold, cold to get a ticket to see the musical Kimberly Akimbo that night and it was great. And I went alone and I had the time of my life.
0: Yeah, I've got alone so many times um, and I I love it. And I usually meet people that are like sitting next to me and I just start talking and you know, we all have- Something
1: special about a theater crowd.
0: Yeah, and everyone's like super nice. And during intermission, we're all kind of discussing like what we saw. So I highly recommend- But if there's two of you, sometimes it might be harder to get a ticket, but if you're okay sitting separately, you're gonna be fine and you'll get something that will probably be in your range and you can go, but I highly recommend going to see this play. I have plans. I've already looked at dates, so hopefully I will be there. Wonderful. At the end, if you hear someone scream your name, that's me. <laughs>
1: I will wave. And
0: <laughs> when I come. But I want to congratulate you. And then, just really quickly, um, are you going to be playing a district attorney again? I, I heard rumors. I don't know if that's... You did?
1: Nothing that I know.
0: I oh, would okay. like to. <laughs> maybe heard- uh, maybe they're going to reboot
1: Scandal and bring me back as a ghost. <laughs> I- I'm in. I'll sign. I'll do it.
0: I heard something about like a new project that like with your name attached, that you might be like a district attorney again, but I wasn't sure if that hmm. was. Uh,
1: probably I was just trolling somebody on Twitter and <laughs> pretending that I had an exciting new project coming. If there okay. is one, I'm unaware right
0: of it. We'll manifest a new project okay. for you after the Thank you. <laughs> But okay, so everyone go see the play. And um, I wanted to ask you two, one final question for fans We're- that love you, like me, that have watched everything that you've ever been in, um, that psychotically make treks for four hours to go see you in a play in california when i was out there and in new york to come see you is there anything that you want to say to them because they obviously don't get to talk with you like i do and when i posted i was talking to you a massive amount of questions and love that like so nice i was like very overwhelming (laughs) so i was like i can't even ask him questions because i feel bad because i won't get to everybody uh, or even close but there was a ton of love on social media for you and a ton of love for, I mean, so many people mentioned multiple projects. A lot of people mentioned the play. A lot of people are going. So I just wanted to ask you kind of, if there's anything that you would want to say to fans that don't get to talk to you like I do.
1: Sure. I mean, I guess what I want to do is express my deep appreciation. I still have trouble imagining that there's uh that I have fans like that, who aren't my parents or related to me or friends of mine. Um, so when people come and their West Wing fans will come by the stage door after Leopold shot and they'll do the signal, which means you know things are good, and it's a reference to a particular episode. Like it makes my day. Like I hope that people show me tremendous gratitude. Um, even though I feel like I'm doing a job, I'm getting paid for it, it's, I'm trying to make a living. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not giving a gift to people in the audience. I feel like fans give a gift to to the actors and people who put on plays and do TV shows so uh, I guess then the main thing I would say to people is uh, if I don't express it often enough I'm sorry but I'm deeply deeply grateful that anybody would come see something because I'm involved in it uh, or would stay after to say kind words because you know there are always people who hate me too but they don't stick around the stage door to say you were terrible so it's only the nice people and the kind people and the people with a nice word to say uh, except on social media people will say horrible things there but um, I appreciate it when um People stay around and uh, have something to say about what they saw.
0: Well, I don't think that anyone says anything horrible about you, but um, <laughs> yes, there's a lot of fans. So, um, oh, Google
1: me! People say plenty of horrible things about me. <laughs> it's,
0: it's just it's, part of it. It's no, part no, of the
1: business. It comes. I was going to say it. It. it's
0: part of the job. I'm sure, like if I Google myself, it Twitter, it, I'm sure it comes up. But I'm not going to do it. Um, but it's, I just find you fascinating and amazing. And right. I want to ask you just one final question because I just think you're, so, I'm just so fascinated by you and I'm so excited because sometimes you love someone and I'm, you see a ton of their work and like they don't meet your expectations. And like, you know, obviously I'm not going to say it on an interview or whatever, but like you like exceeded my total expectation. Like you're just like the sweetest nicest. like I said. I appreciate
1: you saying that. That's very kind. It just really get, gets me like very excited. And this has been a fun, a uh, great conversation if you ask uh, and if you ask. Well, and it just gets
0: me so excited. And I just think, um and it just makes me so happy for you because when someone really loves it, and like I said, it shows, and I do a lot of interviews where it doesn't show, when it shows and they're excited, I get excited, I get more amped up, I'm like louder and crazier, you're like louder and then And then I'm like, they deserve everything and anything. Like, so you deserve all of the money in the world, all of the stuff that <laughs> you're doing. I know you won't agree because you're very humble, but you deserve everything that you've ever been given. Well, and you're
1: very kind to say that, I appreciate it.
0: But- my kind of final question, and as I ask this a lot to people, so it's, I always get interesting answers. If, um, like, so starting as of today, five years from now, where would you hope to kind of be in, whether it's your career, personally, whatever you kind of feel comfortable answering, but like five years well, from now, where would you like to be?
1: Personal life, uh, uh, hopefully having adventures with my wife that were impossible uh, when the kids were at home. I mean, those were wonderful years too, but like as empty nesters enjoying our time together, traveling and uh, just enjoying life. Professionally, at least right now, I'm hoping I'm going to do more theater. Like maybe this is the, you're old now, act three part of my career, um, where I can return to theater, where I can, um, explore the aspect of acting that originally excited me so much. So I don't want to, I'm not going to turn away from TV and if somebody has got a great part for me in a movie or a, a television series I want to continue doing that kind of work, but I'm hoping that I'll be doing uh, more theater five years from now.
0: Okay, so five years from now we'll be seeing you basically everywhere again. <laughs> I hope so. TV and- I also hope okay.
1: very much to be alive five years from now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should, I should maybe set the bar lower, not worry about traveling and theater, and I would like I'm to breathing. be alive. <laughs> yeah, breathing exactly in a world uh, that has not uh, destroyed itself.
0: I agree. I, I hope that I hope that too. I hope I'm breathing in a in a nice, happy, content world. Yes,
1: let's yeah. wish that for all of us.
0: <laughs> well, I like I said, I've enjoyed this so much. I know you have a show. I appreciate you taking time out because I would to get to sleep on that couch. So <laughs> I appreciate you talking with me, going over everything. Um, like I said, there'll be a link in this. So you guys can just click on the link. I'll put a- additional information of other places. You can get tickets if you're not from New York. Um, and you might not be aware of some other places. So I'll put some little hints in there for you guys for, um, ways to get tickets, but please go see this play. And, um, I just, like I said, I just want to thank you. And break a leg tonight because thank you so much i appreciate it
1: i really enjoyed talking to you you're a great interviewer
0: thank you so much i enjoyed talking to you like i said you're an amazing human being so so easy and so much fun thank you thank you so much and break a leg tonight thanks (laughs) hope you guys enjoyed listening to josh molina talk about his career and how it's led him back to theater and also his love of television of course josh's first performance in the play was march 14th and it has been extended through to July 2nd of 2023 by popular demand. The play features an enormous cast with 38 people in total, ranging in ages and generations. So if you're interested, make sure you go and get tickets. More information can be found by visiting www.leopoldstadplay.com. That's www.leopoldstadplay.com for tickets and more information and make sure that you hit the subscribe button. So you're updated on all of our latest podcasts and head over to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe. So you're updated on all of our video content.